What could you already be laughing at? Just you we, waiting. I'm just you waiting, waiting for you to deliver like... a good episode. Okay. It, well, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if I this were a listener, summer. I would turn it off right now. That's it. That's no, I it. Would... That's all I needed to know about this podcast. <laughs> at several points during this episode, you might think, this, th- this is not real. This cannot be happening. Oh, this did happen? What the heck? It's all true, you guys. These events, this story that I'm going to tell you seems like it was pulled straight out of a movie, but it's real. It happened to a real person with real feelings, and that person is Ramon Sosa. This episode, we're going to be talking about how he faked his death because his wife tried to have him murdered. We are your hosts, Sherry Ferreira. And Helen Allen. This is The Chalk Line. Good evening, everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday. Guys! What did Ramon do? What did he do? Well, according to Lulu, his wife, a whole bunch of stuff. I'm just... But not all of it's true. <sighs> and you guys can decide for yourselves when we finish, but it's it's a lot. I found out about this episode, and I have to give a shout out to Latrell because he sent me this Vice true crime video, and the title of the video was called My Wife Hired a Hitman, So I Faked My Death. So that alone had me gasping for air. It's like I was like, bait, what? I would think. Yeah. But it's it ends, ends up being entirely true. So I was like, what is this man having, like what is the reason that's bananas i know but i finally looked into it and a year later i'm ready to deliver it to you guys a year wait a minute (laughs) not that it took me a year but i was like i'm not doing this i'm not doing this then i clicked on it again and i was like "Hmm, the man has some points okay he do have some points okay so it's 20 (laughs) it's 2015 and uptown funk by mark ronson was the number one song of the year it still is this what? <laughs> who, who said that? Don't oh my God. try to tell me that you wouldn't pick that song up against any other song of this year. You're right. It was a major hit. And honestly, it has nothing to do with this case. But I loved using it as like a benchmark of like, oh, okay, that was the time. That was the I era. need you to know. Well, actually, you know. Well, maybe you do. Maybe you, maybe you blocked it out. But remember when you came to my house that year for Christmas and I was like, we need to choreograph a dance. I, I don't remember. 2015, I, we were too old. <laughs> but I was like, I just heard the best song. Well, that's how everything started when we were little. We were like, oh my God, have you heard this song? We can do it, but better. No, you're saying. And that's where I got my toxic trait. Sure, you're saying when we were little, we were like, or at least I was like 18. (laughs) You should have known better. I didn't. Listen. But you know what? I don't want to talk about it. It was a good time. It was a good time. So, like I said, it's 2015 and Ramon Sosa is in fear for his life. He's paranoid, constantly looking over his shoulder, and even starts sleeping with a loaded gun underneath his pillow. Now, like I said in the intro, the person who he is in fear of is the person sleeping right next to him, his wife, Lulu. So maybe he shouldn't have the gun under his pillow. 
<laughs> Feels like easy access to me. <laughs> you know, I'm not here to question Ramon. I am. I'm here to question everybody. <laughs> right. Well, it's good because we need like an impartial party and I've already done all my research. So we need you to come in and give us, you know. Okay, first yeah. order of business, Ramon. Get the hell out of that house. Don't don't put the gun <laughs> in the house with her. Get out. Well, Whatever. there's a Let's reason for him. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Tell me. <laughs> You're like, there's always a reason. Let me get my <laughs> mocktail out. I'm not drinking right now, you guys. As if that's like an accomplishment. I'm like, it's been two days. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> Right. But don't let it fool you guys, because last time she had a mocktail, the episode was crazy. Just as wild. <laughs> Nothing changes. I'm telling you, it's just the energy of having the wine glass in my hand. All right. Why right. was Ramon stuck in this house? I mean, I get it. Domestic violence. It's not always, you know, black and <laughs> no, white. That's not the case here. Oh. <laughs> well, All he right. does go on to say mental. He felt really mentally abused by Lulu, but that's not the reason why he's still in the house. Okay, I hear you. But mental abuse is still a real thing, you know. Yeah. Of course. 100%. But to find out why, we're going to rewind to 2007 to when he first met Lulu. Now, Lulu is originally from Mexico City, but she was in the U.S. on a visitor's visa. Lulu has two kids from a previous marriage, and that marriage was not so good. Apparently, the relationship had been very abusive, so she was looking to come to the U.S. to start a better life and maybe, you know, find some new opportunities. Ramon also had two kids from a previous marriage. He has a son named Chris and a daughter named Mia. Now, Ramon says that when he met Lulu, she immediately caught his eye. They're at this salsa club in Houston, Texas, where this all takes place. And Ramon is like, oh, my God, she's such a good dancer. But then she steps on his toe. (laughs) Literally or figuratively? No, literally steps on his toe, but it ends up working out because they spend the whole night talking and dancing and the rest was history. Three years later, they had a small wedding and were extremely happy together. Ramon and Lulu soon opened a gym together called Woodlands Boxing and Fitness, which seemed really left field to me. Um, But after doing more research, it turns out that Ramon used to be a former pro boxer. They would call him the Puerto Rican Express. (laughs) Oh, I absolutely love that energy. He means business. Um, He means business. So I do have a sidebar question. Do we know anything about Ramon's previous marriage? No. Okay. Just trying to take some notes on uh, who sat him on. The gym was very... (laughs) The gym was very successful, and they would end up making $18,000 to $20,000 a month in profit from the gym. I was like, are we in the wrong business? Should we open up a gym? $20,000 a month in profit? No, because if I open up a gym, (laughs) then I have to follow that up with being fit, and I am not interested. Mm -mm. (laughs) Okay. So we'll set that that venture aside. But it's always there. It's always there. Now, Lulu was very helpful and basically helped run the gym. Like, they were this dynamic duo. They have this little commercial together, and it's amazing. Fast forward to 2013 and things aren't going so well. Ramon is starting to feel like Lulu is withdrawn and that she doesn't need him anymore. And in my head, I'm like, good. She damn well does not need you. For what? You're a man. She's a woman. She does not need you. Am I right? (laughs) Can I get a hell yeah? This is is what I'm talking about. Mocktail changes nothing. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) No, but I had the same thing. Like, what? Who cares? But, you know, obviously it's a little deeper than that. 
Well, I mean, really, she doesn't need you. Like, but some people need that, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm not going to spiral. But obviously, it's a little deeper than that because let me just be honest and real here. Their marriage was falling apart in every aspect of their lives. Not to put blame on any one person. Helen will do that for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll get to see why you, they're both really pulling apart and things are crumbling. First, they started having problems at home, specifically between Ramon and Lulu's son. According to Ramon, Lulu's son wanted to be the man of the house, which caused a lot of friction and arguments. Um, what I think elevated it was Lulu siding with her son on a majority of these arguments. Hmm. And Ramon Sounds was like not having it. she's doing her job as a mother. I don't know. I, I think it is important to discuss that. Like, you could totally see it as this one side. But when you consider Ramon is from Puerto Rico and Lulu is from Mexico City, there's, like, a different culture there. They have different traditions and, like, they do have those generalized, like, stereotypical gender norms. No, definitely. But I think at the same time, I think especially, I mean... I'm going to speak for myself from my point of view. Um, I grew up in a household that was two different cultures. Like, my father was, you know, white, white, white. <laughs> my mom is... White, white, white. <laughs> my mom is Brazilian. <laughs> and, like, I saw both angles. Like, there are some gender roles and gender norms that, like, differentiated the two cultures. But at the same time... You have to think, like, it's pretty universal that, like, a parent protects their kid. And I just, I don't know if I can be mad at her for siding with her son, especially if she's trying to, like, make her son a good man. If he wants to be the man of the house, maybe she's, like, proud of that, and that's why she's siding with him. Like, maybe she's trying to make him independent and responsible for people. You know what I'm saying? No, I get that 100%. So, no, I could see it both ways. Like, obviously, that would piss Ramon off. But at the same time, I gotta say, like, I think she was just a mother, you know, doing her duty as a mother. Now, Ramon clearly did not see it the way you saw it. (laughs) He was not having it. He said, as long as you live under my house, as long as I'm putting food on the table, there's only one man in the house. And... (laughs) I'm suspicious of this bitch, Ramon. I'm just going to say oh my it. God. <laughs> okay, keep keep listening. Okay. <laughs> right? But I love your perspective because everything in my research, in the videos that I watch, was obviously, you know, for Ramon. Not to, like, put, but it's, it was for Ramon. Like, they were like, oh, my gosh, can't believe this crazy thing happened to you. So I love that I have you to be like, um... We should also be looking at him a little bit. Immediately suspicious of a man. As you should. As you (laughs) should. As you should. (laughs) Sorry. If history has taught us anything, it's that we cannot trust men in power. Not with anything. And Ramon, I mean, Ramon just can't freaking handle losing the power of his household. I don't know. I feel like Ramon is toxic so far in my mind. Prove me wrong. Okay. Well, here's another thing. Another issue was that there was a lot of animosity between Lulu and Ramon's kids. And I say that they had animosity, but, like, it was building up over time. Like, it wasn't just at this point in um, 2013. Like, this had happened, like, when they started um, dating and during their marriage, I believe. Ramon's kids felt so strongly about Lulu and not liking her that they didn't even attend the wedding. Ramon's daughter says that Lulu did not want anything to do with them and that they were, like, nothing to her. I'm pulling all of this from an interview they did with 48 Hours correspondent Peter Van Sant. Um, And 
Ramon's daughter Mia was there speaking and Ramon was also speaking. So it's directly from there. Mia said that Lulu wasn't just acting cold or straight up mean to them, but Lulu was very ominous too. Like she didn't like when Ramon spent money on his kids or that when he would spend time with them. And it should also be noted that at this point, Lulu was already um, a citizen of the U.S. through her marriage with Ramon. And that plays a little bit into Ramon's suspicions later on. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it could also, I think it plays a small role in him feeling like Lulu doesn't need me anymore because Ramon even goes as far as to say that he thought Lulu wanted everything that, like, he provided for her, but just with the exception of him. Well, so is she a citizen through a green card or is she an actual... Yes. Citizen through a green card. So also around this time of like turmoil and div- dividing division, um, money started disappearing from the gym. Ramon start recalls seeing new faces at the gym all the time, but the money wasn't adding up because you know new faces, new customers, new money laundering. I'm just throwing words out. I just keep going. <laughs> What's interesting is that Lulu was also in charge of keeping the books, like okay. making sure every activity is logged, whoever oh, pays, she writes so it is down. So she kind of thinking she's fudging numbers? Yeah, and fudging numbers so that she can take mm-hmm. it, yeah. Okay. Fast forward two years later, and Ramon thinks that it, this is all too much. He says there's no other option besides divorce. So in March of 2015, they file, and Lulu hires a divorced attorney. Lulu also starts making claims of Ramon abusing her. Trigger warning, she starts making allegations of Ramon having physically abused her and also having raped her. And I am not one to ever blame or discount when someone speaks up about their abuse, but I will just go over the facts from my research. Okay. Lulu did present some photos of her having scratch it, scratches like on her arms and like legs, and also a picture of a hole in a door. And she alleges that Ramon was the cause of the hole in the door, like he punched it. Okay. Ramon does admit to punching the door, but denies any and all allegations of abuse. I mean, I think people can punch doors without also being an abusive person, because that's how some people lash out. And I'm not saying it's healthy, but it's not necessarily abuse against Lulu. Yeah. Now, that was all background from their relationship. And trust me, we are going to get to the meat and potatoes. But you guys needed context. So I gave you context. You're welcome. Now we're in present day and there is this clear divide. They're not a happy couple anymore. They filed for divorce. Things are really tense. One day, Ramon was not at the gym, but his friend Mundu was. Mundu. I said Mundu. His name's Mundo. Mundo was. <laughs> He's the whole damn world. <laughs> he. Oh my God. That's not even his real name. Oh. Is it like I found his out boxing later- name? <laughs> no, it's like an alias. So apparently, Mundo used to, like, grew up on the rough streets of East Houston. I'm not really familiar with the area, but apparently he used to be involved with drugs and gangs. So during the interview, he asked not to show his face and not to use his real name. Okay. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ramon's going hanging around these people. Yeah, he has to sleep with a gun at night night because he's afraid of his wife. Ramon. (laughs) Who taught Ramon how to surround himself with people? (laughs) I don't know. Well, I think it's really cute because Ramon became like a mentor to Mundo and considered him to be like a son. And like Mundo calls him Pops, like, yo, Pops. I'm still suspicious of Ramon, no matter how cute you make him feel. Okay. I'm just stating the facts. No, go off. (laughs) I think I thought it was I thought it was a really nice thing. 
Anyways, Mundo was also friends with Lulu at this time, and he frequented the gym, and that's how everyone got to know each other. So one day he stops by, and of all things, he overhears her talking to her 16-year-old daughter about how one of the guys who um, attends the gym has connections to people in Mexico that can, quote, chop up people for money. (gasps) I don't like it when people say chop up people. (laughs) Is it too much to ask that we just don't say that? (laughs) (laughs) You're like people when they, people who like, hate the word moist oh no i'm cool with the word moist you can say it all day long moist 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 if something is moist (laughs) it's moist but like (laughs) chop up people is this an episode of dexter i hate it i I hate it here very aggressive which i think is what caught his like attention what other something else that caught his attention was that they brought up ramon's name Okay, definitely alarming. Mundo was very shocked. Yeah, alarming. So he came back the next day and it's like, um, Lulu, were you like serious about that stuff you were talking about yesterday? And like when you mentioned Ramon's name casually, um, is that, is that true? And Lulu's like, yeah, I'm dead serious. Okay. She also tells Mundo about the alleged abuse she had been experiencing from Ramon. Mm. She says, quote, I'm tired, you know, I'm tired of him. It's already too much, you know? I wish he'll disappear. I wish something, you know? And I'm like, I don't know, Lulu. <laughs> what are you yeah. getting at? What is I'm going sorry, on? I'm sorry, but that's just what a divorce is, Lulu. You just don't need to chop anybody up. Yeah. So they continue the conversation and Mundo's like, disappear. What do you mean disappear? Like, And then he does the pistol signs, like a gun sign with his finger. And she confirms. Okay. Here's my thing. Uh, about Mundo. Love him so far, but he also does feel to me like a jailhouse informant kind of vibe. Like, I'm like, take it with a grain of salt in my mind, you know? Just because I'm like, maybe he even owes Ramon the respect to be on his side, so he's kind of I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he, if we're going at the angle that, like, maybe he's not a great guy because he was in gangs before, okay. But if we're going at the angle that maybe he is a good guy, but it's Ramon's, like, doing that he's cleaned up his act, maybe he feels like he owes Ramon. And so he's not going to tell us, like, the full story. Right. But keep going. Yeah. You'll see later on that Mundo does get more information, like... (laughs) He goes zero to 100 real quick, um, okay. which confirms everything. And you guys will just, you'll see. So from there, Mundo says that he just knew she was being serious. And I'm like, all right, same thing as you. Like, aren't we being a little dramatic? Like, what made you got, jump from, oh, she's capable? Like, what made you think that she was capable of it if you were friends with her and also friends with Ramon? Like, it seems like yeah. I can't really believe what you're saying. But Mundo says, very cryptically, I might add, that it was her eyes. He said just looking at her eyes, he's seen that look before, and he knows when people are serious about what they're saying. And honestly, when I was first listening to it, I believed it. I know you're doubtful, and, now, and that's what fine. Do you think? But if I know one thing about Mundo, he's really about that life. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's Mundo isn't even well, his real exactly. name. And I feel that's like he would I'm know. Saying, though. He maybe would know the look in the eyes. Maybe Ramon had that look in his eyes. Like, I'm not saying that that Mundo's not to be trusted that he knows when a bitch wants to kill a bitch. But I am saying (laughs) that maybe we don't know that Mundo's on the right side of history here. (laughs) 
Okay. Okay. Well, history, history. <laughs> Neil, yeah. that's what you're referencing. <laughs> Mundo, history has its eyes on you. <laughs> right. H- history being us. <laughs> With like a magnifying Me, glass. History. Yeah. <laughs> Mundo immediately becomes this little investigator and is like, oh, well, you know, if you're really interested, I have people that I can put you in touch with. Like, use my hitman. He's the best. He has great reviews on Yelp. (laughs) I see what you're doing, Mundo. He's trying to interject and have her use whatever fake hitman he can come up with so that she doesn't hire a real hitman. He's like, not Ramon, not my mentor, you know, like he wants to protect him. And I think that's the place where he's coming from. Mundo convinced Lulu that he believed her claims of abuse. And he's like, let me help you out. I see what situation you're in. Like, let me be of service, you know? Mm-hmm. But like I said, it was actually all a ploy to protect his friend Ramon. The news wasn't as shocking to Ramon. <laughs> Mundo immediately ran to him and is like, yo, pops, Lulu wants to kill you. And he's like, are you serious? And Ramon's like, no, I know. There's a gun under my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point, he hadn't been sleeping with a gun. Ramon says he instantly knew why she wanted him dead. He's thinking that if af- if he dies before they get a divorce, then she's going to get all the money from the gym, the business that he's built off of his name of being a pro boxer and keeper and all that, you know? Right, right. But that won't happen if he's... Right, they would have to split it if they get yes. a divorce. Yes, thank you. Yeah. From there, Mundo warns Ramon, and they form this plan to gather as much information as they could so that Ramon could bring it to the police and have her put away. Ramon is narrating this whole timeline, and he goes, mind you, I still have to go home and, like, see this woman at night. It's a crazy situation to think that, like, your spouse wants to kill you, and that she was talking about killing you in your gym off the name that you built. It's getting... It's getting a little possessive for me. It just sounds like a really petty, bad divorce. And they're both like, I just feel like I don't like anybody in this story. And I don't think you can try to convince me otherwise. I feel like Lula's a bitch. Ramon's a bitch ass. Because if he's, I'm serious. If he's like competing for manhood with Lulu's son, but he can't even handle a divorce without a crying wolf to his freaking well, friend he never... who has this fake hitman. No, I, this whole thing is absolutely bananas, okay? This kind of shit doesn't happen to people who mean well. Well, I will say Ramon does Watch, have I, those. I end up having this exact situation happen oh to me. God, no. <laughs> like, I swear I mean well. No, no. <laughs> but I will say Ramon does have that, like, possessive quality i would say and just reading about him and his vocabulary and i don't know whether to chalk that up to oh he's a piece of shit or like oh he's just like that's from his culture which you know it's not an excuse but, but it would exactly explain it a i was bit. just gonna say that it's like it's really not it's it's not I think in this day, we can't still be like, oh, it's a cultural divide. It's like, if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. I don't care if your culture tells you to be one or not. You're an asshole. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Ramon puts some of this craziness into perspective during the interview. He's really adamant about Lulu wanting to destroy his life in the days leading up to their divorce. First with the allegations of abuse, then taking money. And then he's thinking that she also took the money from the gym to hire a divorce attorney and then now this conversation happens so he thinks it's like a build-up mm-hmm. 
So another situation that happened that I think is really going to make you go crazy is that Lulu's son and Ramon got into a little altercation. And this happened weeks before Mundo overheard Lulu's threat. One day, an argument between Ramon and Lulu's son started escalating. They were arguing over who owned this truck that Ramon was sitting in. Now, I couldn't find the video of it online because Lulu's son was recording the whole thing, but according to the 48 Hours interview, the video shows the phone being knocked out of Lulu's son's hand, and then Lulu's son um, starts claiming that Ramon actually punched him in the face. Hmm. Ramon comes out and says, look, I'm an ex-pro fighter. If I did punch him, he would not be as fine as he is. Like, he would be on the ground right now. Ooh, this is toxic. A hundred percent. Toxic as hell! Sherry, you have officially brought the most toxic episode to the chalk line. <laughs> How do you feel? Um, I feel fine. Honestly. <laughs> because if, let's say, he hit a woman, and then his excuse was, I'm an ex-pro fighter. If I wanted to hit that woman, she'd be knocked out. Would we be like... Oh, no, it'd be a completely well, different conversation. But why is it? I know. Because, because this of... is, like, her son. He should never lay a goddamn hand on him. Right. And if there's video also of, like... The video just shows Ramon slapping the phone out of his hand. I just will point that out. Not saying that I'm... But I'm sure if the video ever was turned on, it was because something was happening that he thought he was going to catch Ramon doing. You know what I mean? Like... Obviously, Ramon is an aggressor if the phone ever turned on for video. Yeah. I will say, yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah. And, like, I just don't really feel like the excuse, like, I'm an ex-pro fighter. If I wanted to fuck him up, I'd fuck him up. It's like, you're also a business owner, so I assume you're smart. So if you wanted to fuck him up, you knew that that would be a bad thing to do. So, like, I don't really stand by the, like, I wouldn't, I would have knocked him out. Because it's like, you have a brain. You wouldn't have. Yeah. Not with a camera in your face. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I hate this bitch, Ramon. I don't care if he's a victim or not. I hate him. No. If he is truly a victim, I'm sorry for what happened to him, but he sucks. Right. Oh, my God. You can be both. (laughs) You can be both. And we say all the time, there is no perfect victim. Like, it's very well plausible that these two people were in this toxic, shitty relationship and that it escalated to this point. And, you know, yeah. and and I think it can be true at the same time that they're both victims and both aggressors at different points in their marriage. Oh, completely. So anyway, this is a toxic ass episode. Continue. Yeah, for, all, <laughs> for all my toxic besties, this one's for you. <laughs> Eat it up. On June 30th, Lulu and Ramon do face off in court over this incident. And Lulu asks the judge to grant her a restraining order against Ramon. She is granted it, and Ramon was ordered to move out of their home and stay away from the gym, but he also got an or- a restraining order against Lulu from the first gym he owned. So she banned him from the second gym he owned, and he banned her from the first gym that he also owns. That makes sense? Why don't they just sell the gyms and get the hell out of each other's lives? Well, I'm they're making serious. a lot of money from it. I don't think they're going to just, like, close up shop, you know? Well, can't they? And then just open another one somewhere else and not be in this. Like, Sherry, would you rather um, close up shop and be alive? Or if you're like, asking me, fearing... if it's me, like, but he's I'm leaving town. for his life. You know what I mean? So it's like, close up the fucking shop. <laughs> yeah. 
Get no, out. if it was me, 100%. You don't I'd be gone the, money the next that day. Bad. Oh my god, I would have been gone four weeks ago. Right. Again, not trying to blame a victim here, but I'm just mad at Ramon. <laughs> and Lulu. And everybody involved. I'm mad at the whole Mundo right now. The whole Mundo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, after hearing um, the threats that Mundo overheard that day, and after hearing everything that Lulu is, like, saying about him, everything sort of clicks for Ramon. He's like, this makes sense to me. Like, this doesn't sound left field at all. I completely believe it. Now, obviously, as soon as Ramon heard about this, he went to police, but he was told that nothing could be done based only on conversations with an angry wife. As threatening as they sounded, the sheriff's department needed more. They really needed, like, concrete evidence. So Mundo and Ramon launched their own little operation. Oh, God. Mundo would play, like, the middleman and pretend to hire a hitman for Lulu, and he would send texts to a fake number, pretending to organize meetings and plan out details, but really he was texting Ramon on a burner phone. Okay, now it's getting juicy. (laughs) I know. I told you guys, I'm getting to the meat and potatoes, you just have to trust me. Yeah, but, like, it's, like, hard to like these people, you know? Keep going. (laughs) No, of course it is, but, I mean... no perfect victim. Ramon pretended to be a hitman named Paco. <laughs> Paco. And Mundo cute. would record his I know, right? And Mundo would record his daily conversations with Lulu. Ramon says that when he finally received like after getting together all these receipts, as the kids say, mm-hmm. um, Ramon says that when they finally received the down payment for the gun that the fake hitman would use to, you know, kill Ramon, he was like, This is enough evidence, let's finally go to police. So they go, and Lieutenant Mike Atkins hops on the case. He's like, all right, now you boys got something. We can take over from here. So it's legitimate that Lulu is now texting this Yes, payments and everything. Oh, she's better than I thought. Yes. <laughs> they had enough evidence, which includes phone calls discussing payment details about Ramon's, like, schedule and Lulu insisting they carry out the hit like at one point they're like are you serious and she's like yes I'm serious I got I will I will get the money <sighs> like after he's dead I already know how how much he's worth that kind of thing isn't he a piece of shit though I feel like I'm he like definitely has those like toxic like possessive like I'm the man you're the woman type speak right and so it's like I'm wondering what the fuck he did to Lulu to drive her to be like yep I want a hit man <laughs> right because, like, which I'm like can we he sounds so possessive he sounds so toxic and then now he's talking to the cameras like i'm just a wee lad from puerto rico and i don't know what to do except for sleep with a gun under my pillow (laughs) i don't know why i just turned into the fucking gingerbread man from but no i i completely agree i just wish i knew more like i wish i knew knew you know how you never know We're never going to know the inner workings of their marriage. So, unfortunately, I feel like it's always going to be like a he said, she said. And, unfortunately, he's the one with the microphone. Right. And she's the one giving out money for him. (laughs) Listen, I don't know if I, maybe if I knew what Lulu went through, maybe, maybe I would hire a hitman. Well, that's so true. Like, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think it's ever right to hire a hitman, but I just want to know so badly what was on the other side of it. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Now I'm like, why won't we ever know? (laughs) I'm like, this is going to keep me up at night. I know. Because, like, did Lulu never speak out and say, like, no, 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 no. Because, like, there were the allegations at first. Like, were those just dropped? 
Well, all I ever saw in my research and in the video that I watched was pictures of scratch marks. You guys can look them up online to see, like, seriousness of it or not, and you can decide for yourselves. But I'm just going to say that they were scratch marks, and those were the only pictures that I saw um, throughout my research. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy to me because it's like, of course, that's all we have, and so that's all we can go on. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, if you're being abused, you don't always think to take the picture of it. Or like No, you're not like, oh my god, let me take a selfie. Like, no, I want to sit in a corner and fucking cry. Exactly. And like, yeah, exactly. Like, maybe she was grieving. Maybe she was putting it aside to be a mother. Maybe she was being a business owner while this was happening and she had to put it under the rug a little bit. Like, I'm not saying she's not wrong to have hired the hitman, but I'm saying, can we put a little bit of this blame on Ramon? Because nobody does this to... Okay, and that's a fucked up statement for me to say. Because I was going to say, nobody does this to a good man. That's not true all the time. But I do think it's probable cause to look into who he is as well. You know what I mean? Agreed. Agreed. See, you make that feel so much better. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... (laughs) I'm such an everybody hater. Like, there are men haters and there are women haters, and I'm just an everybody hater. It's like, if you're breathing, I'm pissed off. I am on to you if you have a pulse. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Now, the first time the hitman made contact with Lulu was in a parking lot of a liquor store. And this hitman was actually, like, um an officer posing as a hitman. Mm -hmm. So it was like very staged. There were like three cameras in the car. I think they had a bunch of different angles. I was like, what is this? A reality TV show? Um, but they were doing the, they were doing the business. How, how we are more used to reality TV shows, having better documentaries than we are police officers with body cams. (laughs) Like finally police officers have sufficient body cams and you're like, is this reality TV? I'm not used to this shit. (laughs) I'm like, is this Love Island, you pay? What is going on? Are you wearing a mic pack? <laughs> I've got a text. Like... <laughs> Her texting the hitman. <laughs> He's like, I got a text. A text. <laughs> For investigators, it was really important that they got concrete evidence that she wanted to contract this hitman to have her husband killed, not injured, not beat up dead Mm -hmm. they needed a commitment and a trade of monetary value now during this meeting lulu says she did not have all the money but when ramon dies she will have more from ramon's life insurance lulu gave the hitman some of ramon's watches wedding bands and bracelets as a down payment for his murder and at that point investigators decide they want to follow through with this plot (laughs) they did have enough to make an arrest at this point but they um they wanted to nail the coffin Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't want any second guessing during trial if they it can't went to a try jury. Twice. Yeah. So, okay, exactly. I hear you. So, they decide they're going to have Ramon fake his death, take pictures, and show it to Lulu to see her reaction. They think this will help a lot. Like I said before, at trial, especially if they do go to a jury, this is going to help them see, based off her reaction, whether she is this cold blooded killer or just like, you know. A, a helpless um, young woman. Right. Okay. Investigators pulled out pictures of dead people to show Ramon, and they handpicked one of a man with a bullet wound to the side of his head, and were like, yep, this is the one we're going to do. 
So they put him all in makeup, blood, like the whole nine yards. And they dug an actual grave to stage Ramon's death. They brought him to the site in like a blacked out SUV. Ramon had makeup on and like his hands were tied behind his back. It like check pictures um, from our Instagram. Helen, I'm going to like send you some. I know like. I'm not the smartest person, but it looked pretty real. <laughs> you know? Like, I, think I was like, smart. oh my God, what is this? F- what is this FX makeup? Like, can I, we? American what Horror is going Story type on? shit. <laughs> yes, literally. After they do this quick little photo shoot, <laughs> the investigators are like, all right, let's go. We have what we need. Let's show Lulu these pictures. Lulu shows up to this final meeting with the hitman thinking, you know, the job's all done and all she has to do is give him the final payment. She hands him over the rest of the money, which was about $3,000 in total. And Lieutenant Atkins says that this is also, like, another seal and a final nail in the coffin because once you actually fork over the whole amount, it crosses a certain threshold. It shows you're serious. It shows you have intent. Like, that is... Right. It's, like, no turning back. Right. So when Lulu does see pictures of Ramon, she goes, he won't wake up anymore? Question mark. Oh! (laughs) And she immediately starts laughing, Lulu, and raising her, raising I her hands in the air, with the widest grin on her face. And Ramon describes it as someone, as the way someone would react if they won the lotto. Like, oh, struck gold. This woman needs a hospital. Like, I'm not even trying to be mean. Like, for all intents and purposes, whether she was abused, whether she wasn't, whether like. At this moment, I'm like, it's official. No matter what happens, she needs a hospital. <laughs> but Ramon, too. I mean, with all that fake blood, he still needs a hospital. No, they could both, like, definitely split the bill on it. Like, I'm not yeah, kidding. Yeah, it's they like, maybe you guys, can. instead of splitting your assets, uh, should just, like, work together to <laughs> fix your mental health. <laughs> yeah. Because they're both a little fucked here. I love that. I love that. But, you know, that's that's what a, a, a normal person would do <laughs> instead right. of hiring a hitman. Investigators decide that they also want to wear body cameras and go to the gym to question Lulu about Ramon or, like, a missing person. Because, you know, they can just decide to do whatever little whims they want. I'm like, is this all? If I'm the wife of the man who is missing and I know that I am the one who hired the hitman and people came asking questions like, hey, I think your husband's missing. I'd be like, who reported him missing? It wasn't me. Mm. I then I'd be I think I would be a little suspicious like I'd be like hmm if I didn't report him missing who did yeah well not Lulu so we see footage from that as well <laughs> and <laughs> investigators start asking her when was the last time you saw Mr. Sosa um where is Mr. Sosa do you know that like you know all these different questions Lulu is acting like she has no idea what's going on and she says that the last day she saw Ramon was Wednesday the 15th they immediately arrest her on the spot <laughs> <laughs> And she is dumbfounded. Oh, no. They came with a warrant in hand and had her in handcuffs in what felt like 2.5 seconds. Um, And the day that she was arrested was July 23rd. Okay. (laughs) Lulu elected not to go to trial and took a 20-year plea deal from the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Okay. She waited 15 months in jail um, on murder for hire charges, but she eventually gave up and decided to take the deal. And this is mostly due to all the evidence they had against her. And she knew that if she did go to trial, there was like a strong chance she would have gotten life. Yeah. Which is it, it. Part of it makes me feel really sad for her because I want to believe her about the abuse that she suffered. 
Yeah. And so it makes me feel really sad that, like, she felt she was backed into a corner where she couldn't plead her side of the case. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure her attorney just said, like, "Uh uh-uh, it's just take the deal, you know? And they... Her attorney was likely not, especially in Texas, I'm sorry, but that attorney was not a feminist. That attorney was not looking to find the other side of the story. And as much as I'm saying, like, like, she deserves to go down for hiring a hitman, of course, but she also deserved a fair trial out of it. No, 100%. And I think it's, it should also be noted at the same time that she did, like, set out to have this man killed. And oh, we're not absolutely. Just, you know, like, like she deserves we're not to be punished like, for that. Yeah, we're not saying that she should be absolved of everything because I'm sure someone... No, who, like, I just think she deserves to fight in court about the fact that, you know, there's a reason she did it. And maybe she would get a lesser charge for doing it because right. she was abused. You know what I mean? Like, I just think this is one of those cases where, like, of course she what had horrible intentions at the end of it, but maybe he drove her to a place where, like, if she did a trial, too, maybe she could have, like, advocated for herself to get mental health resources in prison. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there needs to be a trial for these kind of things. I hate when they take a... When they kind of, like, force a plea deal on you when there's two sides to the story. No, of course. And anyone will... Well, not anyone will tell you. Not, like, I know personally. But, like, it is the thing that once you are... um once you have been arrested for people to say just take the deal it's easier than fighting for yourself like don't put yourself through that hassle so i can completely see how she would be um locked into like blocked into a corner but maybe she wasn't so i'm just saying on the chance that she was you know what i mean right and i just wanted to say that like for anyone listening we're not saying that it absolves anyone yeah at the end of the day it's cheaper and easier to just get a divorce (laughs) you just don't have to kill anybody truly Lulu was charged with solicitation to commit capital murder, and she is currently serving a 20-year jail term for attempted murder. So I have to say, yeah, kind of deserved it. (laughs) Kind of deserved it. No, definitely (laughs) deserved it. I mean, I think at the end of this, I'm so curious to see if she, like, puts anything out, because Ramon actually wrote a book about all this. I haven't read it, but he Mm -hmm. has a book about it. Okay. Um... And I'm like, is she going to write a book? Am I going to read the book? Maybe. I don't know. I won't be, but you can tell me how it is. <laughs> okay. I won't. <laughs> well, because for me, I don't, I don't know. This is just such a tough case because, well, it is. like, listen, yeah. there are those kind of cases that, like, they're proving um, that, like, after years and years of abuse killing your abuser is actually self-defense you know what I mean they're arguing those Mm -hmm. kinds of things nowadays so it's like for me it's just kind of I feel like we're not looking at this enough with the light of like maybe she was a really battered and abused woman who had enough and maybe she did the wrong thing but maybe he's not entirely a victim here yeah. Just because he was the one who documented it better doesn't mean he's the one we should believe fully. And I think it's also important to note that she did come from an abusive marriage and then right. entered this and she, one. And then so, she entered this one, and that's horrifying. Right. But then on the other hand, Ramon comes out and says, like, after this whole ordeal is done, is that he really, like, wants to be an advocate for physical, mental, and emotional abuse. And he says that he was fortunate to live through an abusive relationship. 
and that Lulu was trying to destroy his life for months. So it's like, I, I know, but it's like, we no, don't know. I, I mean, here's the thing that we don't know. So I think we've covered the what ifs from all angles. And if, you know, she, at the end of the day, is the one who decided to do the thing that is brazenly illegal. Um, so she's serving her time for that. And if he got better from all of this, and if he is now turning a new leaf and an advocate for um, healthier relationships, then good for Ramon. I hate to say it, but I'm here for it. (laughs) Thanks for listening. You can catch us on Instagram at the Chalkline Pod. Twitter at the Chalkline Pod. And follow along with our YouTube channel. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in next Thursday for another story.